Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 315 of the podcast. It's the 2nd of February, 2022, as I record this intro. And this week, Teresa Hess, unschooling mom of three, joins me on the podcast to explore how her unschooling journey has helped her not only nurture her children, but reparent herself. Teresa was first on the podcast back in episode 186, and it was so great to catch up. We talk about Teresa's spiritual view of unschooling and the upward spiral of connection and love that happens when we see our children as whole beings. Teresa also shares her issues with the commonly used term boundaries and how she has created a respectful alternative in her family. She has found the process of parenting and unschooling to be deeply impactful and healing, and it was so interesting to hear her insights. I also want to take a moment to remind everyone to submit your unschooling questions for our next Q&A episode. We've gotten some great feedback about last week's Q&A, and we need your questions for future episodes. Do you have a challenge going on right now you'd like some feedback around? Or maybe a more philosophical question about unschooling your pondering? It's all good. You'll find a link in the show notes to submit your question, or just go to livingjoyfully.ca forward slash question. And before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patron, Colleen Webler. Hi, Colleen. Also, thanks so much to Lucia for increasing her pledge. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Whether this is your first month or you've been supporting the podcast for years, you all rock. Your generous support helps pay for the hosting and transcription, as well as my time spent creating new episodes each week. It's instrumental in keeping the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. (laughs) If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now, here's my conversation with Teresa. Welcome, I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm here with Teresa Hess. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Pam. (laughs) So you were first on the podcast back in 2019, and I thought it would be a lot of fun to check in with you and catch up and see how things are going So I will link to that episode in the show notes so that people can go back and learn more about your initial move to unschooling, because we're going to pick up from there. And to get us started, can you just share with us a bit about you and your family and what is everybody interested in right now? Sure, I would be happy to. I love to talk about that. And thank you so much for having me back, because I enjoyed our first conversation so much. So definitely excited to be here again and connect with you. Um, yes. So let's see. We are a family of five and we still are living on Woodby Island in our co-housing. That's where we were during our last episode. And we've been kind of poking around the idea of moving somewhere else lately, maybe somewhere with more going on. It would be awesome to be somewhere with more unschoolers, but we're also happy where we are and making the 
making the best of it. It's a beautiful place. So um, my oldest daughter is Rose. She's 15. And um, she's like just a super creative, very like she just knows her own mind and opinion about things so well. And I've always really like looked up to her about that. So it's fun to see that's just who she is. And she's she's sticking with that. It's awesome. She's right now she's like really um, interested in filmmaking. So she's getting started with that. I mean, of course, we watch a lot of movies. She watches a lot of film theory videos and things like that on YouTube. She's uh, working on a script. We go, well, we haven't the last couple of years because of COVID, but if it happens this year, which hopefully it will, our local unschooling conference that happens in Portland each year, she's hoping to like make a script to bring to that and to gather with other teens there and do some filming during their days together there. So that's something that's at the forefront for her right now. Um, I mean, she also loves music. She loves fashion. She's, she's great at makeup. Like I was in a play recently and she helped me like get all my makeup ready and gave me tutorials because she knows way more about that than I do. Um, And yeah, she's into writing, fandom. She loves like different fan fiction and being in different fandoms online. Um, that's been a passion of hers for a long time too. So she's just uh, a ton of fun, a very deep thinker. And um, yeah, I just love being with her. And then Fiona is 10 and <laughs> she is just like, she's a very physical person, you know, she's just like moving and dancing and wrestling and skateboarding. She's into all of that. When we get the chance to go roller skating or ice skating, she's just around and around and around. And she's also just um, very humorous. Like mm-hmm. 70% of the things out of her mouth are just joking and fun and laughter. And she always like brings us back to that (laughs) as a family, which is awesome. Um, She's also interested in acting and she had been in a play and then COVID hit, but we're looking into trying to start some kind of drama club together because that's something I have a background in and it would be fun. Like all my kids are wanting to meet more people and this closed down time. It's especially hard and homeschooling on an Island is especially hard, but so this would be a way that we could facilitate that, like making some more friendships and having hangout times. So I'm looking for a venue somewhere in our town to do that with her. Um, and she games a lot online. You know, she plays Roblox. She has a really elaborate, beautiful discord server that she's got all her themes on and you know facilitates hangouts on there with her friends and things like that she's pretty social and then there's Momo who is six and I mean she's just spunky and awesome loves to play dolls and lol she loves to make tiktoks (laughs) I think they're all in a private setting or she just has like two followers but she just loves to make her tiktoks she shows them to me all day look what I made or like get out of the room mom I'm making a tiktok so (laughs) that's very fun for her I mean I would have loved that as a kid um and she does she does Roblox as well and lots of playing there lots of playing with neighborhood kids and friends in the neighborhood and things like that so and then my, my husband Corey he's um 
I think last time we talked, yeah, he does the therapeutic body work still, the in-person, but when the pandemic hit, he moved part of his business online and he, um, he teaches Qigong and meditation online. He's got this kind of amazing group of people from all over the world that tune in and do his classes and they have a whole group together um, that they're always in group chat and meditating together at any time of day. It's, it's, it's an amazing supportive group that he's created. That's been really a blessing of the pandemic for him. He's able to explore and express more this aspect of himself and find a venue for it. And people are responding really well. So that's been beautiful. And then me, I, uh, <laughs> you know, of course, I'm super passionate about parenting and the unschooling. I'm, um, I did get back into some acting lately. I was in a play for the first time a few months ago. I hadn't done that since when Rose was little. I did it. I did a small play, but before that, I was just like college or high school. It's been basically 20 years since I did this, but I feel totally at home in it. I love it so much. It's an art form that I'm just completely passionate about. And I'm starting up in another small show soon too. We'll start rehearsals for that in a few weeks. So that's exciting. And um, I'm also a real estate agent. I'm not super busy with that, which I like. It's just if I can help people one or two times a year, sell or buy property, that's, that's great. It keeps me stimulated. And then a new project that I'm excited about that I've just started, it's newly blossoming for me, but it's been in my mind for a long time is to be like sort of a, sort of a coach, or I don't know if I completely identify with that word, but um, just helping people with, with parenting and with everything we're going to talk about today. It's like, totally my my deepest passion what I love to spend my time doing and talking about and immersing myself in so I'd love to if possible you know be a be a mentor for people on that path so I'm just working on like shifting around my blog revamping it a little bit to try to reflect that that I that I offer myself also as a as a human to talk to about these very beautiful deep and powerful topics that I find to be like completely life-changing and just you know, the best. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, that that update is beautiful. I, I love that you're uh, getting more active or, you know, opening up to chatting with people about this journey yeah. because, you know, it is so different, right? Mm -hmm. It really is a different kind of parenting paradigm, right? So I'm glad we're going to be diving into that a lot today. Yeah, me too. Um, But yeah, it's just so fun to hear snapshots of kids who are just doing what they enjoy doing, right? And their personalities shine through having the space to do that rather than trying to kind of mold that even you know gently direct because they they absorb that they absorb the kind of message that you know the things I'm thinking are a little bit better than the things you're thinking etc I just love about <laughs> imagining your youngest say I'm making a TikTok mom <laughs> I know I know that just like almost brings tears to my eyes to hear you say that because it is it's so beautiful it's so rich it's so wonderful to watch and support that and yeah. And even I love that you brought up that you guys are, you know, contemplating whether or not you might want to move just yeah. based on the things that they're kind of looking for now, because that's the other piece, too. That's really wonderful. That's not like a conversation for the parents 
to have and to tell their kids, you know what, we're we're moving now or we're going to go look here and there. But it's about considering everybody's needs, yeah. everybody in the family and what they're looking for and how we might meet that, whether that's, you know, as you mentioned, creating kind of, you know, a drama club or something where you are, or maybe it's creating it somewhere where you're going to, et cetera. It's just like putting all those things on the plate to bubble away and just see how it yeah. Right? completely because I mean one of the reasons we're strongly considering it is my oldest as a teen is feeling like Woodby Island is really small we live in a small town there's not a lot here you yeah. know for her interest for everything that she wants to explore more and connect and I just absolutely want to give her that and give her the environment where she can really come into herself more and bounce who she is off other people that are interested in the same things and so yeah, I mean, the reason we're talking about it is because of our kids. We're definitely including them in the conversation. And I took a little road trip, checked out a few places, now letting all that marinate, looking around online, where are people, where are things that we would like. And it's, and exactly, we may end up staying where we are and creating more of what we want here. So, but we're just looking at the possibilities and we're definitely doing it together. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It, it, I find like in those moments where things are just feeling a little maybe stretched, you know, maybe for, for your eldest, for Rose, but more information, more possibilities always seem to be a more helpful direction to go than to like, oh my gosh, I need to solve this right now. Let's find one answer. And then doggedly pursuing this one answer instead for a while, giving it some space and going to see places just just contemplating, like you're having conversations together of what that might mean, you know, what that might look like. It's, it's, it's so fun, isn't it? Yes. And how much learning is just in that is in the process, whether we end up moving or not, just the, that conversation of how to make these big life decisions and how do we go about that and collaborate and consider everyone's needs. Like that's huge in and of itself. It doesn't have to have a product or an outcome. So (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I love that. That That's brilliant. <laughs> okay. So when we were setting up this call, you mentioned to me the idea of self-parenting and how that has been a part of your journey. Um, I haven't, I'm trying to think if I've really come across that phrase before. I don't think I have. So I would love to hear okay. more about that. Okay. Yes. Self-parenting or reparenting. Um, Yeah, the way that I understand it or describe it is just like we we all were children once, you know, and we were as children, as we see now having your own children, just how huge a child's needs are. And it's 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 virtually impossible to get all their needs met, even in a super healthy, awesome, connected household. Like there's probably always going to be gaps where the child is feeling, you know, a little bit left out or left behind just the way our culture is set up, I think with nuclear families and, you know, the mother is trying to do or whoever the primary caregiver is, you know, trying to do so much. And then whoever the making money, I mean, obviously there's just so many components and we're doing the best by our children always, but I just want to say, it's like not to blame our parents or anything like that to, to just take note, like, Oh, all of my needs weren't met as a child. And, you know, that's just part of the human condition. You could probably never have all your needs met. Um, and, but, but having, you know, not having those needs met can kind of sometimes maybe create little 
wounds in us or create patterns or ways of being that don't really serve us anymore. Like maybe as a child, you know, you learned when you spoke up to ask for you wanted what you wanted, you weren't really listened to. So you kind of you made that little track in your brain that said, oh, I'm not really listened to. So I won't even try to speak up anymore. And and maybe for a while that works for you or in childhood, it works for you because then you're praised for being quiet and easy to take care of because you don't have needs. But eventually you hit a point in your life and you're bouncing off maybe your partner and your relationship or something with your kids brings it up and you realize like what aspect of yourself is still kind of stuck in that child mode or stuck in that wound. And it's and it's uh, it lives within your emotional body. I would say your energetic body and and your physical body. Like I can often feel like that tension or that holding or that pain or resistance shows up in our in our bodies. So for me, reparenting is just act of becoming aware of that, and then uh, self parenting to yourself, like becoming aware of what that pattern is or what that gap or, or wound is and, and going into that and reflecting on it, maybe um, asking yourself questions about it, getting clear through journaling or um, just becoming a, a nurturing force in your own life. Like for me at times it'll show up um, emotionally for me, like I'll feel something emotionally. I won't necessarily even know why I have that strong emotion, but if I stop and I breathe and I tune into my body, I can find it. And then I allow myself to feel it fully. So like, for example, for me in my childhood, no fault of my parents, but like, if I was upset, I was often maybe sent to process by myself in my room. And I didn't know how to process those emotions, or I felt like, um, you know, shut off from being able to process them in a healthy way with an adult. But now, so now if I was feeling like really emotional about something, I can even sort of conjure up within myself, this feeling of this loving presence or this parental presence, you know, um, whether it's energetic or sometimes there's a visualization that comes with it. And I can be both kind of like in that childlike self emoting something and also be in that space of holding myself in that parental way. And like, soothing myself or, you know, just listening to myself and validating myself like we try to do for our kids so often. So um, that's just been a huge part of my journey is to, in essence, I feel like the self-parenting or reparenting is about taking responsibility for your own life, like completely taking responsibility for who you are, where you're at, all those intricate aspects of yourself and and not blaming your childhood, your parents, but also like having an honest view of where you've come from and, and culturally and socially, how we've all been conditioned to, to be or not be and trying more to root into that core self of who we are and um, nurture ourselves from that place and nurture ourselves back to that place also and be able to express more authentically and more regularly as, um, as that loving energy that's present in everyone, I believe. Yeah. Oh, I really, I love that explanation. And mm-hmm. I'm just in, envisioning, you know, the, that energy, the the two different aspects of ourselves, you know, when we're feeling emotional or, you know, whatever it is that's maybe triggering us or, or something um, where we can hold both. Like I, I find that it's, it's, it's challenging yet. It's also, um, so healing, um, to be able 
to recognize and hold two different aspects, you know, to be upset or emotional or, you know, just feeling challenged about something and to also hold the the loving aspect of it, of that, right? You know, to hold that comfort, that validation for ourselves, you know, because often when we're upset about something, we want to lash out, we want to blame, or, you know, we're, we're reaching outward to express it. Yet, when we can also be that kind of that comforting outside, that's taking it in as well and holding it for us and validating it for us and helping us move through it. Yeah, that self-parenting then as a phrase makes a lot of sense to describe that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the two minutes I just spent. <laughs> No, I love what you're saying. It's so profound, I think, because it's, I don't know, it gives you kind of this, this faith too. like you are there for yourself. And it, and yet, it, for me, it also feels like it's something greater than myself. That's also there. And it just takes practice, I guess, and, and awareness, like a willingness to be aware and honest. And then sometimes just taking the time to tune in and ask, like, what am I feeling? What do I need? And let yourself sort of speak back <laughs> to your larger self. Like, it's, it sounds like a split personality thing or something. But I don't think <laughs> it's bad. It's really, it's really a profound and healing, like you say, process. Yeah. yeah. And, and once you can get um, like in that space, and, and I feel like that validation piece is very useful to kind of come first, because then, at least for me, I feel more relaxed to start asking myself those questions, to start peeling back a little bit of layers around it. Like, ooh, what do I think kind of triggered that? Where do I think that's coming from? You know, um, and like you were saying, where where you feel it in your body um, can can also sometimes help. And, you know, just to better understand it, just it's all really about learning more about ourselves right and then we bring that new um self into our interactions with other people and as we understand ourselves better i uh understand ourselves better i think that really helps us in relationships with other people because we can not only bring kind of those tools that we're using um we can also like maybe better empathize with someone. Um, Maybe we uh, can better describe our feelings and how, you know, our perspective on things, like when we're having conversations, um, there's just so much more depth and richness to it, right? Yes, I totally agree that that it absolutely like, then it is like, I sort of describe it as this self-contained thing. Like, well, you just have everything you need within you and you can be that person for yourself, but no, absolutely bring it into relationship too. And not just think, well, I should be self-sufficient and not need anything from anybody. And then I'll just give it all to myself. But then it also comes back to, yeah, being able to articulate your needs to another person Mm -hmm. or for sure, better understand where they are coming from and have more compassion and all yeah, of that. Yeah, it becomes it becomes something that's also helpful more connecting with other people yeah. as well as self-contained. I love that. <laughs> now, for many parents, me included, embracing unschooling has come to uh it came to unearth almost a spiritual aspect, right? Right. Uh, 
which I've seen you describe, uh, I think it was in your blog um, or in our conversation. But anyway, I loved your description of honoring the light and essence of the individual child. Like that to me is a very, it is really spiritual when you come to think of it. It's really the essence, the wholeness of the individual child, which becomes uh, also a wholeness for ourselves, et cetera. But anyway, I would love to hear you talk a bit about how that perspective, how that uh, spiritual aspect kind of unfolded for you. Yeah, well, um, as we talked last time, so my husband and I met in this Zen monastery in Japan. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I, I don't know, I think I've always been a person with like a deep spiritual curiosity or um, it's always been a priority in, in my life and my way of understanding the world and understanding myself. Like some people might come at it more to the world, more intellectually, or, um, I don't know, from a science perspective or something, but this has always been like my, my light up kind of category is the spiritual, the spiritual angle on things. So lo and behold, that brought me to a Zen monastery in Japan when I was 21. And, um, my husband and I met there, we stayed there for about five years then we got pregnant and and left. So it was like, boom, intensive training um, environment right into parenthood. So it was, for me, you know, from the very beginning, it was, I felt like parenthood was this extension and evolution of my spiritual path. Um, So that element was always there. And I think that's why we, when we found out about unschooling why we chose that was because we felt like everything that we had been practicing um, at the monastery and in our meditation in our daily lives was kind of like about shedding our own layers and returning to like that that center place in ourselves that source that light that essence of who we are and and finding that life just flowed so so much more beautifully when you have a relationship with that aspect of yourself and you're feeling connected. And, um, and then, so when a baby comes in, it's like, (laughs) blows your mind. They like are purely that they have no self-conscious awareness. They're just like glowing, beautiful life energy, just utterly themselves. And, and yet like completely, you know, we, we would say when our first daughter was born and I mean, with all of our kids, it's like, you kind of understand um, the Christian perspective of this Christ child being born. It's like every child has that, like every child should be like celebrated. Like they are like God life energy, just coming into the world or like a mini Buddha. I really believe like we all are that we all have that. And so we just wanted to honor that in her and we wanted her to, just unfold as that as unfettered as possible, which, you know, of course things come in, whether it's from us or culturally or socially, again, the human condition does occur. (laughs) We're not constantly in that baby enlightened state, but, um, but yeah, that was, that was definitely like a part of how it just transitioned for, for us. And so unschooling just seems like such a perfect extension of that. And, um, Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking my husband, he often says to the girls since they're tiny and he's he still says it to them. There's this little thing he says where he says, who's so perfect, beautiful and wonderful. And then he says their name like he asks us as a question and it's their name. It's like this funny thing we do all the time. 
And, uh, but it, it's just, it's just like, he's always seeing that in them and reminding them of that. And then the other day, my six-year-old said, what do you mean? I said it to her. Who's so perfect, beautiful, wonderful Momo, you know, and she's like, what do you mean? Perfect. You know, I don't have to be perfect. <laughs> and I said, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. No, I don't mean it like perfect. Like you have to be these things in order to be perfect, to be the perfect child. Like just you as you are in all your fullness and in everything you emote and everything you're interested in, like this is just perfection as you just being you. So, um, <laughs> and yeah, so unschooling just made, made sense to us for that. And, um, that's, um, I don't, I don't know. That's something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to dive into Momo's reaction because that was perfect. Right. Right. It was perfect. <laughs> to question that, because as you're saying human condition, that's another piece, because I think when people first come to unschooling, it can, it can sound like it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like perfection. It's like heavenly. We'll all have wonderful relationships right. and, you know, nothing yeah. will go wrong because we're, we're helping each other out. We're supporting each other, et cetera. Uh-huh. But yeah, we're also all living in this world and, you know, we're not sequestered by ourselves, you know, um, in one place in the house. Yeah, we are engaging with the world and engaging with other people. And so that she even noticed that question, like you can tell she has thought, you know, consciously or not about what that word perfect means. And maybe in shows or seen it in other places used in a context where you're striving for something more perfect versus perfect as you are in this moment. So right. for- with all your imperfections, yeah. your imperfections are your perfections. Like it's not, yeah, there's no getting away from it. It just. <laughs> that was amazing. Like, and what a lovely little conversation to have yeah. with her. You know, I can just imagine you guys are probably, you know, laughing, smiling, you know, no, this is, you know, for me, you're just, you're perfect, you know, in this moment, who you are, all the pieces of you that make up you, you know, so it's validating for her. It's another seed on, oh, geez, you know, there can be different perspectives on an idea, like the idea of perfect. There can be so many different perspectives and that she gets to choose which one works for her. Like there's just so much richness that's in that, you know, maybe two minute conversation. And the lovely thing about unschooling is that we can have those little conversation, those beautiful moments when they bubble up, right? We're around to have them then rather than, you know, thinking for ourselves, you know, I'd really like to talk about the different ways people define perfect. And I'm going to look for a moment when I can bring up this conversation, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. If the conversations flow so differently when you can meet them where they are in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And you have so much expansive time together. That's yeah, it's not like, well, you're asking that, but it's time to brush your teeth and go to bed. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I think that that has been one of the big um, like differences from <laughs> life before and after unschooling. We discovered unschooling was, you know, I didn't even think we were super busy or whatever before, but the value of that open time to 
have those little conversations and the openness for them to feel comfortable making a comment like that, right? You know, to say, hey, no, mom, (laughs) you know. out on that. Wait, I heard that word you used. Don't put me in the box. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So much flows out of that environment that we're trying to cultivate of openness, of curiosity, of sharing our perspectives, of leaning into a conversation when it bubbles up. You know, I mean, sometimes things are happening and it and it doesn't happen. But more often than not, when we think of it, you know, dinner did not need to come at that moment. If you were on your way to make dinner and you made that passing comment and the conversation and you said, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go make dinner. You know what I mean? It's prioritizing that over so many other things that at first we can think, Oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this, but we have so much more choice in our day-to-day lives than we often realize at first. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Unschooling makes you realize that for sure. Yeah, yeah, once you start opening up that can of choice words, <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, so many things that I was just, you know, boom, 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 boom. Uh-huh. I really get to choose that. I yeah. can I can actually think about that. Is that something I really want to do? Anyway, anyway, so that leads us so nicely into our next question, yeah. I think. Yeah, because for me, um, seeing my children's like inherent wholeness that we've been talking about, seeing that blossom when we started really leaning into unschooling, awoke in me that seed of understanding that I too am whole. I too have all sorts of choices. I too am worthy just the way I am. I don't need to strive for a perfect parent, for perfect this. Doesn't mean I'm not growing and changing as a person, like we were talking about before. You know, the the self parenting piece, the learning more about myself. Um, but I am also worthy and and good as I am, right in this moment. Which then, in turn, allowed me to nurture and hold more of that space for my kids. Right. It's like, oh, I am, I'm holding good. They're holding, you know, it was just like this round and round positive spiral that just, or, or like more layers to peel back. Oh yeah, no, we're really good. Oh yeah. I'm really good. This is okay. (laughs) That became so much more valuable than just like, what did you learn today? What are you doing? You know what I mean? Um, Not that those questions and conversations don't have value, but there is so much more richness and depth that we can have in our relationships with, in our understanding of our children and in our understanding of ourselves. So I would love to experience (laughs) that one. (laughs) I love that. I love how you describe that because that's, that's completely how I think of it. Even down to like the spiral, this like spiraling, never ending where you are learning how to be there for them and see them in their wholeness. And that gives you this aha moment to accept that aspect of yourself that, that you weren't prepared to, uh, you know, accept or, or really face up to before. And then as you, as you do that for yourself, maybe through like the self-parenting idea, then it's like, Oh, I have more space in myself. Now I can go back to my children when they bring me this or that. I don't bristle or get triggered or whatever, as I saw myself do before I can go, Oh, okay. Keep it light and, and keep on expanding. And it's like, it is, it's absolutely never ending. Like that 
could go on your, your, your entire life. And I, that's what I love about it is that it's like this, this bottomless, beautiful, extremely deep unfolding of, of who we are into this radical innate wholeness that we each have. So, um, and unschooling is just, I mean, as a path, I can't really see another path. I mean, I'm biased, but it's <laughs> a simple path for that. Like even, especially, I guess I would say radical unschooling. Like if I was still kind of in the mindset where I was, well, no, you can only be on your tablet on the weekends or sorry, in this house, we don't play video games. You know, if I was, if I wasn't willing to meet them where they were, I would miss out on all this growth, you know, and if I think, I think it's easy to be, you know, come into parenting and have our set ideas about things, how we always imagined our, <laughs> our family would look like, or what we would allow for our children or not allow. And, and, you know, want to stick to that and feel that in doing that, we're, we're protecting them maybe, or we're protect, but in essence, I feel like we're often actually just protecting ourselves more unconsciously. Like you don't want to face the trigger that that thing brings up for you. So instead of looking at it and working at it and doing that round on the spiral of like unfolding into that, you, you shut it, you shut it down. And it's just unfortunate because there's a whole opportunity there for, I would say healing growth and expansion (laughs) that if you, you know, if you stay in the more controlled place, you're just, you're missing out on that. Um, And it's just so surprising what discoveries can be made too. Once you open up to that thing or that trigger that maybe, you know, it could be something like, you know, if your kid yells at you and you want to say, well, you're not allowed to speak to me that way. Understand the, the um the impulse to do that like I'm going to draw a boundary and like I'm going to shut that down and it and it feels healthy maybe in a way because no of course we shouldn't allow people to yell at us but instead if you meet that with empathy and validation where they are then then you're going to end up having a beautiful conversation or a beautiful connection once you know once the tempers have died down or something you learn so much more about yourself or something that's been funny in our household lately I mentioned Fiona loves funny stuff and something we've gotten into right now is like really hilarious swearing. So like, (laughs) I don't know, she'll, she'll swear in this way. That's just like so funny and affectionate and she's trying to like twist the words a little and makes fun of them. But, but she's still sort of swearing at me as her mother. And if I were to just be like, well, we don't speak that way in this household. You're not allowed to speak use that language, we would just have missed out on this totally joyful, playful way of being together that happens to use these words that have acquired this certain significance in our culture, but actually we don't have to give them that much weight. And then, and it's, and it's fun for me too, because I, well, it started with Rose when Rose started swearing, (laughs) but but, you know, it kind of opens me up. It's like, oh, I could have, honestly, it's like a broader vocabulary or broader, you know, I have more options now of how to express myself. And of course we talk about, okay, we'll do this at home, but not everybody likes this when we use this kind of language. So, I mean, we, we talk about all that too, but um, yeah, it's just, I just think it's so important to go into those 
those places where at first you might wince, tighten up, feel that trigger response and not just push that away, but, but go, go into it and let like that be part of the wholeness too. Like nothing is left out of the wholeness, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. There are so many places I wanted to take that. The first was I loved when you were talking about like our, our resistance to maybe diving in and taking that spiral around something and how instead, you know, we might pull out a rule to stop it so that it is often it's because it's less confronting for us. And often in our minds, we can frame it that we're teaching them, that we're protecting them, that we're keeping them safe from something or other. Um, But there is also the piece that eventually they're going to encounter this thing and they're going to be able to encounter it on their own, you know? So there's that aspect where, you know what, I would like to work through it with them so that they have someone to talk with about it, which ties us into the swearing because when you bring out a rule of no swearing, like, okay, like you said, you lose that richness, you lose all those conversations, all the fun, all the joy that comes from that, but also the conversations about context. Like that's one of the challenges with rules is you pull that out And there is just no context to it. It's like, yes, no. But life is not often that black and white. You know what I mean? There is context. There are times when some things are okay and other places or other times when it is, you know, more challenging for other people. Like even you could still choose to swear in places, but the understanding that in the in that particular context, you will get different reactions from people than you will at home or than you will with these people. You know, that is something to play with and understanding, which gives helps your child have a richer and bigger understanding of the world and how it works. Yeah. Versus like swearing's bad. Don't do it. It's full stop. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> so that piece is just, it's so much richer for us. And the other thing that bubbled up for me as you were talking, because when we do say, we'll call that self-parenting work, when we dig in and take the spiral rather than pulling out the rule, we learn, as you said, we learn so much about ourselves, right? And we start to recognize where like our, it, we learn so much more about ourselves And for me, that unfolded in a way that when I was having conversations with my kids or whether, you know, they came up yelling or something versus we don't talk to me like that, I actually didn't take it personally. I learned more about myself so that I no longer took personally other people's because I really, that is so much about them and where they are in this moment. So that as I, you know, didn't react to those things. And I learned more about myself. I was actually better able to connect. So it became even more personal, more connected. It's just this cool dichotomy between, no, no, I'm not going to react where you can think maybe I'm ignoring, or maybe I'm not. I'm just like, I don't care whether you swear. Like, that's not it at all. You know, unschooling isn't about saying, I'm just going to ignore those things because they say, Right. I shouldn't say no, or I shouldn't make rules. You know, that's not the point. The point is the the learning more. And the more I learned about myself, 
the more I could lean into conversations and relationships and connecting with my kids because I better understood that it was about them and where they are and what they were trying to express. It wasn't really about me in that moment. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yes, that makes complete sense. Totally. And I love what you said too about, um, I mean, this whole process that we're talking about to me is, is like the root of unschooling, but it's so hard to summarize that. And you're like, it is so hard. More than well, what did you learn today? Or even well, what are your what are your kids? You know, if I try to explain it briefly, oh, well, we follow their interests. Well, it's like, well, what are they interested in? And then they want to hear, you know, this really clear response, like math and reading, or something. <laughs> Which I mean, maybe some kids are, and <laughs> but it's like it's it's yeah, it's just so much deeper and fuller than that. What it's yeah, really because about. you can see in those questions, you can see that what they're fishing for is kind of like an answer for the future. Yeah. I remember, you know, when my daughter is, was very interested in photography as a young teen and people would ask her and then, or, or ask me, ask me. And I would say, Oh, she's really loving photography right now. Oh, she's going to be a photographer. Like it's all right. What are you going to be? It's all about productivity. It's all about, you know, that future. Like I just got to know that they've got a solid direction, you know, because then I can place you in that box. You're in that photographer box and, and now I'm good and we can move on, you know? So yeah, it's very interesting to see, but then again, you get to a point where you understand their questions are all about them. Yes, they are. And that they see that, you know, as value and whether or not they've done all sorts of work and really truly value it, or whether that's just a message they've absorbed, you know, from the culture around them, that this is what we need to be worried about. uh, We need to be focused on. Right. But either way, it's their journey. And, you know, so you can just answer the question and move on to something else, right? Yes. Or see where you're still hooked into that mindset. Because when they ask that or have that reaction, you feel triggered. Oh, yeah. Why did they have to ask that? Don't they understand that? We're just in the moment, you know, that you, you know, oh, that's just that part of me that still is doubting a little bit or questioning or, you know. But, well, yeah, when so, you're feeling yeah, I just have to, I have to learn to to have that confidence too. So when people ask, it can roll off. It doesn't have to become a, an insecure yeah. moment on my part to convince exactly. them. That goes back to whether the question, you know, am I reacting because I'm thinking it's about me mm-hmm. or whether it's about them, you know, about me, I start to feel defensive. I feel like maybe I need to convince them. I need their validation or their acceptance, you know, back to the I'm whole myself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful how this like it just all ties together let's just do swirl 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 (laughs) okay so another really uh related i i came across i was visiting your blog again and you have a great post called true boundaries that i think really demonstrates the value of understanding and nurturing ourselves alongside our children right this is so much of this work, as we've been talking about, helps us move beyond parenting in like an unconscious reaction to, as you mentioned earlier, our own childhood wounds. And you had mentioned boundaries a little bit earlier as well. I, you know, that is something, and we're going to talk about that in the network soon too, but it is something that 
for me, the challenge with the idea of boundaries um, is that we can think, you know, you don't swear at your parents or, you know, you don't yell. Like they feel like good boundaries to have. Like I shouldn't let people, you know, do this to me. Yet true boundaries, I think, are very different. Like we can be holding those pieces up and they're actually getting in our way. For me, things are also, you know, adding the layer of context. Maybe right now I'm super tired and I don't have the energy for that conversation or, you know, whatever. Maybe I'm not feeling resourced. You know, there can be all sorts of reasons. This boundary, as it is, is so malleable. It's like it can move around depending on the context of the moment, depending on the people who are involved. Like, so for me, the idea of boundary, when we just talk about that, it seems so fixed and it seems so arbitrary, like as in like, this is my limit. And no matter what's going on, you don't cross that or, you know, I will let you. (laughs) So true boundaries to me felt so much more like understanding myself, knowing myself, learning more about myself, because, you know, that's not a project that's ever done. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think that is so true with, with boundaries. I'm definitely a firm believer in flexibility. Like rigidity is just, like I say, I think that often can indicate like an avoidance of a, of an aspect of yourself that you don't want to look at because it's scary or disruptive or uncomfortable or whatever it may be and I think also it's I think it's in a way I feel like it's different with our kids like it's different you know you could say well I don't allow people to yell at me you say that to your child and you're saying I'm demonstrating for them like a healthy boundary like they shouldn't let people yell at them either but I think it's so different when it's coming from like a child who's developing who is still like we talked about at the beginning of the call like so much in that this like pure life energy place where they don't have all the human tools for navigating. They just feel something and they say it. And like, actually that's so beautiful. I love that. You know, I love that kids are able to do that. And so that's different than if say an adult, you were in a relationship that's like always yelling at you. You know what I mean? Then yeah, maybe you should draw that boundary and say, I don't want to spend time with you because this conversation always gets where you're yelling at me and I, I can't handle that. <laughs> but you don't need, I, I think it's different with our children and, and yes. And I think in that um, blog post, I was also reflecting on um, just the, the differences between like, unparenting and unschooling too like that you know maybe people could look at unschooling and be like they have no boundaries but that true boundary that I was trying to talk about in that post was really this like this um this love that is so boundless and like extending into that and how do you hold space for someone like there is some kind of boundary when you're doing that I feel but it's this like safety boundary and it's this love boundary it's this embracing and like being in in that place with your children as they explore and experiment and make different decisions that maybe at first or a few years ago you wouldn't consider you would ever let them do but as you extend your your container and your boundary, then it's this really embracing boundary. It's a loving space that they feel held because I feel like a lot of times you hear maybe in, in um, conventional parenting, like kids need boundaries to feel safe. 
So you should have this schedule. They should go to bed at this time. They should eat at this time. They should be allowed to do this and not that. And that's how they feel safe. I don't know. Do you hear that? I feel like I hear that. (laughs) And I just wanted to like question that because then people come in thinking, well, I have to do this to make my child feel safe. I have to say, no, we're having dinner at this time and you're going to wait and be hungry for dinner or something that even though your kid is mad about that it's somehow it's creating this feeling of safety for them which has never really made sense to me so um and I think that that post came up because I had been in conversation with several different friends none of them unschoolers but I can't remember if I was talking about our lifestyle or how it came up but they they all had kind of like negative memories from childhood of being placed in front of a TV to be babysat while their parent did something else. So they didn't want to introduce TV to their kids or have that be a part of their family life together. Cause they had such a strong association with like a kid watching TV equals neglect or, Oh, I remember like I, you know, my mom would just hand me a bag of candy and I just eat the whole thing because she wasn't giving me lunch or something. So, okay, no, I'm going to make my kid eat a healthy lunch. Cause I wish I had had that as a kid and you associate a kid eating candy with, being neglected yourself. So just like to examine that and, and not, not just equate these kind of common boundaries um, of structure that cutting your kid off from being able to make their own decisions to partner with them while they make decisions, of course, offer options, offer them a delicious, nutritious meal and their favorite candy, you know, snuggle with them while you watch TV like this. There's so many choices on the spectrum between like no TV and, you know, being neglected in front of the TV. (laughs) So that I was just trying, I was playing with that idea of, of limits and boundaries and, um, this big holding space being like this true boundary of a loving, present, attuned parent and making your choices from there with your kid from like, Oh, I let them do whatever they want, you know, because I don't want to deal with them. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. No, that the idea of that uh, loving space really came through in that. And, and, Again, as we are, um, you know, spiraling in and learning more about ourselves, it's part of understanding you. I feel really strongly about this boundary or having this boundary for my kids. Why am I feeling so strongly about that? And then, you know, coming, digging in to recognize, oh, because I felt that way, you know, and then is that the only way? Like, it doesn't negate our experiences growing up, right? But it can also, you know bigger, bigger. It can be other things for other people in other environments. Um, It is just so, it's so rich and understanding that our kids aren't ourselves and that there are just so many other choices and possibilities. That whole spectrum idea versus yes, no, right, wrong, you know, neglect or, you know, love. Mm -hmm. And, And I just, I, I really loved the image of that boundary uh, space of love to explore, right? Yeah. Make these choices and learn more mm-hmm. about ourselves, our kids learning more about themselves. You know, again, it doesn't mean just because, oh, you know, I'm not going to dictate their food choices. It doesn't mean they're, you know, they may end up not feeling well after candy or after some veggie or fruit or just eating too much of whatever, whatever, 
But yeah. those aren't wrong. That doesn't mean like there's a failure. Those are all learning pieces, Beautiful right? Beautiful learning experiences. Beautiful learning experiences. They have that their whole life. They've listened to their body. They've felt something. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. It mm-hmm. really is. When that judgment's not there, because our judgment just, I, I feel, you know, often interferes with their learning because of course they're often going to give credence to what their parents say and tell them. But what that does is kind of quiet and dampen their own inner voice, their own inner understanding of themselves. They are not me. They are not a clone. My kids aren't clones of me. The way I feel about things personally and in my body is just not going to be exactly the same for them. Right. Yes. Yes. And how important it is for them to be connected to that, like inner compass. And then again, it's like, oh, seeing them do that reminds me to do that for myself too. There we are again. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that post, I feel like the word boundaries is like such a buzzword right now. Like it's just so popular like that. Like, and like I say, in many situations, yes, absolutely draw boundaries, have your boundaries, but don't use that buzzword as an excuse to set up, you know, a, a power dynamic with your kid that's not beneficial to either of you. <laughs> exactly. And like we were talking about before, we have conversations around context as well. Yeah. You know, so if if they are someone who expresses their feelings loudly and, you know, that continue, you, you're going to have conversations about, you know, when you go to the library or when you go over here, <laughs> you know, grandma really finds that challenging, you know. It's not a vacuum that they're living in. They're going to understand all these pieces over the years. That's the beauty of it. You know, we are living together for so many years and we can have these conversations again. It's not, you know, yes, no, black, white. Often I find behaviors that are sometimes were triggering for me that I did some work to move through when I was able to accept them in that true loving space boundary those as we talked more and as I learned more, they just kind of faded away, right? Because maybe they didn't need to be so loud to be heard because now I was actually paying more attention. <laughs> yes. All yes. those pieces. And, you know, you think, oh my gosh, they're yelling at, you know, age seven. They're going to be yelling at everybody forever. And I need to stop this right now. That oh. is, let's not predict that into the future. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah, that is so true. I love that. (laughs) All right. Our last question, Teresa. I would love to know what is your favorite thing about your unschooling days right now? Right. Um, (laughs) Other than everything we've already talked about. um, Actually, we did touch on this a little in the beginning of the call too, but but what what came to mind for that question was, was possibilities. Like it's, I mean, sometimes our days can feel like, we do, you know, we're, we're home a lot. It's COVID. We're on an Island. It can feel kind of like, Oh, just here we are. And it's, and I love that actually just our cozy little nest where, you know, everyone's doing their thing and it, and it flows really easily. But then, you know, there's times you just remember because we're unschooling, we have so much freedom with our time and our schedule. And like, there's so many possibilities. And like the other morning, Fiona woke up and for some reason, I think it was something she saw on TikTok or somehow she had this idea. She said, I want to become an eyeball. And she wanted, she got out of the cardboard and the paint and we like cut out this big cardboard eyeball. And then 
she wanted and and we we you know measured her head and put it on her head and then then she wanted to dress up and she wanted to go downtown our little town here and walk around in her new outfit which is like her OC original character she was creating with this eyeball and the wig and so we went down and we went to the library and we tried to go to the ice cream place but it was closed it wasn't like a huge outing you know we wandered around a little bit a lot of people looked at her and she enjoyed it and it was just like I just had this moment once we got home and settled in like who knows what's going to happen like you just can't predict you just wake up and someone wants to be an eyeball and walk around town as an eyeball <laughs> and so that's what you're doing that day <laughs> it's so it's so beautiful or or the other night you know we we just decided as a family to go over we took the ferry over and went to a rock climbing gym which is something we've we've never done before we've talked about it for years my husband used to rock climb a lot in college we went to a rock climbing gym ran an errand at Target and went out to sushi and all the kids love the food so much. And I was just like, I love these, these possibilities that we, we know each other well enough that we know what's going to spark something really wonderful for everybody. And we can just follow those little, little trails of, of interest and, and possibilities. So, and it's like, like we were talking about earlier and looking at our move or potential move or not moving, but just, just looking at, at, at the possibilities. So such a great perspective to have on life that it's not rigid, that it's not, no, we can't, we have to just do this. Um, we can really bring in our own creativity and imagination into each day, what we decide to do together. I love that. I do love that so, so much. Yeah. It's just, it's so fun just to discover what they come up with each day. Yeah. You know, I want to be an eyeball and, and just going with that flow. It's like, wow, this is curious. This is, and just leaning into it and then just wondering, gee, I wonder, you know, what, what they picked up, what the experience was like for them, et cetera. You know, it's not like we need to dig into it and, you know, they need to justify anything like that. Just the experience with them is, is just so joyful, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Teresa. It was so much fun. I really appreciate it. I had a blast. Thank you. Yeah. I, all the topics are so near and dear to my heart. And I was saying to my husband before I came over here, like, I don't usually get to just talk to somebody about this. So it's very, it's super enriching for me to just to try to express and, and communicate with you. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Oh, yes. It's been so much fun. And before we go, where can people connect with you online? All oh, right. Um, okay. So I'm on Instagram as sparkle and zest and Facebook, Teresa Hess. And then my website slash blog is sparkleandzest.com. I will no. be sure to share that. And yeah. as you said, you'll be updating that with some more information. So that's very cool. And it will all be in the show notes. <laughs> Yay. Thanks so much, Teresa. Have Bye. a great day. Thank you, Pam. You too. Bye. Bye. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.